Hey, this has been Bug House Square. Um, I want to thank the contributors, man. That was a real solid group tonight. Um, uh, we'll be back next week. This is Muni Radio, 21st in Florida. Come down, check it out. This is uh, the fall here and uh, Bug House Square. So uh, have a good night and a uh, good week. Talk to you.
All right, guys. Welcome to House of Pride Radio. I am your fabulous hostess, Miss Camille Toe. And I have the fabulous Miss Amora T. In the heezy with her kneezy this <laughs> fabulous Wednesday evening. Uh, we also have two great guests in the studio with us right now. We have Armando. Hello. He is um, producing a movie, and we're going to get that in a little bit. Um, and then we also have the fabulous What's up, Max Nelson? Max Nelson. Hanna-Barbera in the house. She well, is our grinder extraordinaire. <laughs> That's what... Um, oh, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. It's just lightly um, over the radio you are. Anyways. <laughs> so, how's your week been, Ms. Mora? Um, It's been a slightly productive. I am got, I've got so many new fabrics at home that I'm super ready to work with. And excited to turn something new out for this weekend. I know you said you're making me something. So I know I did stop at the fabric store and I picked up some nice, you know, pretty fabric for you. We're excited. Six-way stretch. Not the six-way stretch, girl. How was your week, Max? It's been good. Just working. I'm not gonna be able to make it to balance walk because I like. Oh, what? Oh, because you guys have. Yeah, right. It's like our second. Right now, you'll, you'll probably be playing three games in one day. Oh, girl. Shit. Other teams are on, like, their eighth game, and we played one. <laughs> so, like, we're finally going to play some games this weekend. That's fabulous. Um, well, I hope you do get to make it out. There'll be live It'll videos. It'll be. Oh, yeah. There'll course. be definitely live the videos. <laughs> um, my week was slightly uninteresting. I've just, you know, my birthday's tomorrow, so I've been getting... We had a question uh, from Kelly Rose up Uh-oh. here. It says, who has the harder time tucking? Who has the harder time tucking? I tuck... I mean, I have a huge penis. I don't usually... <laughs> I don't usually like fully tuck. It's mostly like just kind of like stuffed in there. Oh no, I use a gaff. And I, I want to try using a gaff because I want to try like being more pussy. So it's, you know what? It's it's hard, but it's fun because the look is a little more sickening. I think. Yeah. But it's it is and it's clean. It, and yeah. yeah. But um, it's definitely something you have to get used to. Them balls ain't no joke. Them balls so, ain't no yeah. joke, people. <laughs> um. Anyway, so I was saying that my week has been slightly uninteresting. I've been getting wasted. Because it's my birthday um, tomorrow, so it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a super turn up for me. Um, but yeah, tomorrow also will be super fabulous. Max booked us reservations, which is super fabulous for one of my favorite shows on TV, uh, Barry a Check, Please. Um, and they're recording an episode. I'm still debating if I'm going to go on Drag or not, honestly. Where we're at? Where is this um, at? Bar Crudo. What's that? I don't know. I, it's new, right? It's oh. a, no, it's not new. It's maybe like two years I in. I think I it's been around. Heard of it before. Okay. My friend told me that. But it's gonna be good. But it's sure. a live show, or what is it? No, like? no it'll be pre-recorded. They're like filming the like background shots because if you watch the show, it's like these people in a studio, like talking, and then they'll flash to like video from the restaurant they're talking about. So. We're gonna be in the background, bitch. Check oh. out I, yeah, I know. I'm super excited. I didn't, you know, I didn't realize that. Hey, everybody watching live Facebook right now. I didn't realize. I never had you on the show. Oh, Khalil. Khalil, come on the show. You can come any Wednesday. You can stop by if you are in the area. Always stop by. In the mission, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. On, what do we got? 21st and... 21st and this street. Florida or Alabama. I know Brian is right there because I walked straight down from my house. Anywho, let us get into Armando. 
Um, What's up, Armando? How do you say your last name? Ucles or? Uh, Ucles. Ucles. Yeah. We have Armando Ucles in the house today, and he's here to actually talk about a new upcoming project that he has going on um, with film. He's a filmmaker, and it's actually an LGBT film. Is that correct? Would you say um, that? But it's, it's definitely it's, marketed towards that it's, crowd. It's, it's a film that's marketed for for everybody, actually. Okay, it's, great. It's not. It's not. It's not one thing. There's a lot of variety that I think that a lot of people in various communities can can relate to. So mm-hmm. um, it's. Uh, I like to think of it more as a as a tribute to San Francisco. Okay, so what's the kind of like a general backstory of this actual film that you're putting together? Well, the story it's called Sacred Hearts, and Sacred Hearts is um, <clears throat> it's actually a labor of love uh, for me. Um, it's eleven years in the making. Wow! And um, I uh, actually started started working on this back in college. I went to SF State, and um, so the inspiration was. I was watching TV one day and I was, I came across a news story about uh, a trans woman who was brutally murdered by her boyfriend in Vallejo. And um, her body was dumped, was thrown into, into, into a dumpster. And, you know, at the, at the time, you know, I, I heard a lot of these stories and they, they're, they're just devastating. They're, they're just heartbreaking. There was something about this one. I just felt like I kind of wanted to write about it and, and, but, but tell it in a way that was more uplifting where, the woman reveals it to her boyfriend that she's trans, but instead mm. of reacting negatively to it, the guy accepts her for who she is. And so... Talk about um, Gwen? Yeah, Gwen... Yeah, Gwen Araujo? Gwen Araujo, yeah. And then even before that, um, um, <clears throat> the movie that Hilary Swank was in, uh, Boys Don't Cry. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one. Yeah, so so those were those were uh, some, some, some other examples. And... Um, so I, I wanted to, I kind of wanted to write about that, but then I also I also grew up Catholic and I went to Catholic school and um, I, w- I was always very interested in uh, Catholicism and uh, and actually when I was in second grade I I had thoughts about wanting to be a priest. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> yeah, I actually wanted to be a priest when I was really young because I thought you know here they are they live in this big church they got the robes they drink wine and bread every single day <laughs> then you know. They're basically Italian. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then later on, you know, I got older and puberty kicked in and I realized, yeah, it's not for me. So um so I had these two opposite concepts. So I thought maybe I could try to blend these two together. And so um after redraft after redraft, I finally was able to come up with with a synopsis of the of the story. I presented it to my uh, my 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 professor, and he he really liked it. I got an A plus on it. So I knew just from the synopsis that I knew I had something really special with this, but I I felt like it wasn't the right time for me to tell the story because I didn't really know what kind of story I wanted to tell. I didn't know the topics that I was going to be covering. So really quick, um, just for our listeners and viewers, um, so you're doing a, the movie, well, what's the name of the movie called? It's called Sacred Hearts. Sacred Hearts. And um, g- kind of give a, like a short kind of punch at what it like what the storyline is about. I, I, I know what you were saying from before with the girl that was killed, but like what is the movie about? Because it seems like you're mixing things, right? Yeah. Um, well, Sacred Hearts is a story about a young black seminarian named Gus who gets involved in a murder mystery surrounding Rose. Um, she's a white transgender female artist uh, whom he falls in love with. Now, there is an, a murder mystery element to it, but 
I like to think of it more as, as a universal love story because it tackles, we have drama, we have uh, romance, a little bit of comedy, uh, we have a little bit of action in it, uh, mystery of course. And so there's a lot, there's a lot of variety in, in, this, in this story and it wasn't my intention to make a story that was so taboo. I just, you know, it's hard to be as creative as you can because a lot of people, originality is something that I think a lot of filmmakers and a lot of writers um, kind of lack these days. And so I, I knew that from... Well, because okay. a lot of movies, I mean, just need to be mainstream, you know, or really, really have that yeah. <laughs> real hit, yeah. I think. That and that has. edge yeah. that everybody's kind of looking for when you go to see a movie. Yeah. yeah. But definitely it's like a unique story that you're bringing to the community and to share with other people in different communities as well too because I know that they're going to probably connect with a lot of the other different cultures that you're bringing into the movie. Yeah and you know the the thing about this story is that I really wanted it to be like I mentioned before I really wanted it to pay tribute to um, to to the city and and also shed light on topics and uh, taboos that that I think are, are pretty relevant today I don't think I would have been able to have told this story um, 11 years ago because the timing I think you know timing is everything with every project that you do and and the, and the way things are going you know socially economically I felt like this is the right time for me to to, to make a story that really um, hopefully will bring people together and just something um, something that's uplifting every time I, I look read, read over the script I always think you know what this is actually it's it's really a, a feel-good movie and uh, I'm just uh, I'm just really lucky that so far knock on wood that the responses that I've gotten from potential crew members and actors and um, have been overwhelmingly positive and so I'm just uh, I'm just very grateful really blessed um, from the responses I've gotten Nice. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick music break. We will be back to finish talking about Sacred Hearts with Armando. See you guys in just a minute. See, sometimes I just like to get with my chick and check into a hotel. Like two or three days Where we just don't even leave the room We're not throwing that Sade Something about that Sade You dig that You smoking something Drinking something You know Getting on your adult shit Like ice in the middle of July. What was that the 
listening to shot there Baby, bring it right here Alright, you been loving my sound Turn it up, it's so loud that it's hurting my hair Ain't getting no rest Boy, love is so fresh, huh? Live with the fabulous Camille Toe and my fabulous co hostess with the mostest, Miss Amortiz. What's up, everybody? <laughs> We're also here with Max, our fabulous male in the studio, yes. and Armando Hoopless. <laughs> so. Hey. All right, so we were just talking about um, your movie that you're producing. We were talking about the storyline. Um, so you, when when is this all coming to a head? When is when is this all starting? When, when do we get to see any sort of video clips or? Well, you know, this Saturday we're going to be shooting our Kickstarter video for uh, for the movie. Uh, we're going to be shooting it over at Mount Davidson. Okay, the, I'm not sure what that is. Yeah, it's and forgive me, I'm. I'm not really good with directions, but it's it's. I'm sure we all seen it. It's it's on top of this grand hill, and the there's this large cross that's on the. Is that in San Francisco? Yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, and um, that was actually the first place that I thought of when coming up with the the teaser idea for it. And so, yeah, we're gonna be going up there this Saturday, and um, we are looking forward to this. Actually, the the first first um, shoot for the movie so it's uh, that's exciting, exciting. So is, is Pearl Tease gonna be um, oh yeah I heard Pearl Tease is gonna oh, be oh you in, said a white woman in, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we know Pearl Tease ain't a white woman I but mean, she, we, all, we all think we're gorgeous white women but <laughs> but she oh she said wow hey Bianca hey Bianca <laughs> um, but yes she's gonna be in the movie anyways <laughs> 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 
so this Saturday you're, you're shooting this this mm-hmm. Kickstarter video um, to you know groundbreak the whole entire film. Um, are you guys doing any kind of fundraising for this video? Yeah, film yeah, at all? yeah. We're gonna be using Kickstarter for the. Oh, that's fabulous. Yeah, and, and we're gonna be once we put once we put the. Um, the scene together then we're going to incorporate my presentation in the into the kickstarter, the kickstarter yeah so to get people motivated yeah, and ready yeah. to go so yeah. it's 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 half presentational for me telling what the story's about and then uh, a teaser and then later on once we start the actual shoot this summer then we're going to mm-hmm. make an actual trailer to it oh, so, so we'll put that yeah we're gonna we're gonna um definitely get more active on social media making the website and i'm gonna start getting my facebook page um for the movie up and going yeah i and need to get so, social media like yeah now, like <laughs> and, yeah and i know some really you know i mean i i do the best i can with it but i think there, there are people out who are way more savvy with oh, that yeah, as I am. So, yeah, so we'll have to get, we're going to look if anyone's, if anyone. If any 17 year olds out there are looking for a job, <laughs> be super big with this movie. Have <laughs> <laughs> Armando Buclas, social Hi, media intern. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because my friend, aside, sorry, just getting off the topic because my mind is like always over the place. But my friend just sent me a, like um, a job posting that he thought I'd be great at. And it was like just to go around and Snapchat oh, around the world. And just Snapchat about this brand, and I was just like, "Girl, I don't even know how to use Snapchat." Like, <laughs> I'm All right, guys, we have a phone call. We have a phone call on the line. How's the Pride Radio? Hello, can you hear me? Wait, yes. But hold on, let me put you on the air. Uh, can you hear me? Who do we have on the air? Hi, Brandon. My name is Kiara. I'm an old, old friend of yours. Kiara? Yes. Are you in New York? I used to be. I think I know who Yes. You remember me? Yeah, Kiara Campbell from New oh, York. Oh, yes. That was years yes. ago. Oh. How are you? Fabulous. How are you doing? Come on, throwback. I'm <laughs> That's so random. Great to hear from you. It's so funny. You're calling in right now. We're actually talking about. Um, we have um, this guy Armando Buclas uh, in the. Buclas. 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 Oh, you could just say no. Buclas. No B, baby. Oh, no B. Okay, Buclas <laughs> in the studio right now, and he's um, doing a movie about um, this guy that falls in love with a trans girl, and um, I yeah. That's... <laughs> And there's there's yeah, there's murdering, there's comedy, there's drama, story. there's love. Does that sound exciting? Oh, wow, that does sound exciting. And when is it coming out? I mean, I, when should I look for it? I think that they're doing it. You said the Kickstarter is this Saturday. Yeah, we're seeing the So kick- you should be looking for a video maybe mid-summer, end of summer? Actually, we're going to try to get it up and going probably within weeks after it's... After, after, after we shoot, it. yeah, because okay. we want to we want to get us. So wait for that teaser possible. video coming so out in a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing! I need you guys to get juicy and deep into it. Okay, I need you to put this like this is a romantic novel. With yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't need no soft cookie shit. I need the real stuff. You understand? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> people to know what we what we really go through, especially in relationships with men cisgendered men it can be a headache and then it could be blossom so with this movie i hope it really does bring out the the very much pros and cons of being trans and living um, being in a relationship with a cisgender 
That was fabulous. That's beautiful. That's great. Thank I love you. you, girl. Thank you for calling in. How are you? I, I know I'm I love you more. I'm right doing now. good. I <laughs> was breathing through, and I saw you, and I just saw your work over the years. I know we haven't kept in contact, and I do apologize. Sorry, we follow each other on social media. Yes, and you look amazing. Thank you. I've gotten a lot better. She look all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Honey, I see, and I'm just very, very proud of you. Thank you, you so keep much, up babe. The good work, and all you guys enjoy, and I can't wait to see the movie. Thank you, love uh, you. It's so great to hear from you. Thank you for the support. Thank you. I love you more, and talk right. to you guys later. Bye, lady. Bye. -bye. <laughs> Bye. It was lovely hearing from your friend. Yeah. <laughs> really quick. <coughs> How's the prime radio? Hello. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes. Who's this? Who are we speaking with? So you're speaking with Asset Jordan. Hey, girl. <laughs> so, you know, I want to talk about this new uh, unicorn frappuccino. Girl! <laughs> <laughs> Okay, about we were just about to talk about that. So I just had it about two hours ago. How was it? It was a bit sour. And so it's well, sour. It's not. I sweet. heard. No, I heard it was sweet and sour though. You get like a little like sour patch buzz with mostly, it. It was mostly sour, like a like oh. a sour birthday cake type of cookie sour dough. Sour birthday cake. Purple, That's... sugary. It just tastes hella sugary. How many pumps of sugar do you know? Um. What's it called? Know, the Frappa Kappa? A lot of sugar. <laughs> no, the unicorn Frappuccino. Oh, somebody posted Frappa Crappa. <laughs> Frappa Crappa. Yeah, there was, the line was super long that they just started giving it out for free in stock. What? <laughs> yeah, I was in a drive-thru girl waiting, baking in my car. I was cooking because it was hot. Oh, bitch, and you live in... Um, Stomach the text. What is it? Stockton. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Girl, the pit of the California, honey. <laughs> she got all her sounds today, girl. How you doing? What are you doing? You did fabulous on Sunday. I got to see you for a little bit before. I heard. I said I heard you killed it. Thank you. No blood. Um, I've just been really busy with work and you know focusing on myself and stuff. Well, you know you've always been focused on you. In a way. <laughs> Yay! Okay, Amor really brought all this today. <laughs> okay, girl. Well, I love you. Thank you for calling in. Let me have you soon. Yes, yes. yes. At Balanswara. In May, maybe? Yeah, just let me know. Cute. See you soon. Thank Thanks you for calling, for calling in. Thanks for calling, Love you. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, that was fabulous to, from that was fabulous. to also get a perspective yeah. Yeah. from from, actual... from who, who is trans and who experiences that in their everyday well, life. Yeah. So, you know, if any of you have any more questions, comments, um, please about call Sacred in. Hearts or for Armando, please call us. It's 415-550-0511. Once again, that's 415-550-0511. We're going to take a really quick musical break and we will be right back in just a hot shakes of a lamb's tail. <laughs> Oh! <laughs> 
so high Weed always on my mind Now he always on my mind Gotcha Now you want some of this part You ain't gotta say a word Just walk that, let's get burned Uh, then we'll roll up A hundred fucking plus All up in my mouth Now I'm all up in your This nigga got pounds of it All up in his truck Now we both look Asian He waving and I'm drunk I got dang shit in my cup You know what I'ma do to you I could get real used to you Blow we X and we sipping on that juicy juice That's just what she choose to do Uh, man this shit these drugs will do to you
What's up? It's so late right now. I even have a phone call. I have a question. I'm going to answer this phone call. Davina, I'm going to get right back to your question. We're going to answer this phone. And who do we have on the air? This is, this is Amelia. Hey! What's up, Amelia? Hi. How are you? Fabulous. How are you? I'm wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. Um... How you guys doing? What's going on? Hold on, I'm trying to turn this up really quick. We'll take it with the microphone. We are chilling here in the studio with Camille, with Max Nelson, and our new friend Armando Uclez, film producer and film writer, film director of the new upcoming indie film Sacred Heart. How are you doing, Amelia? I'm doing wonderful. How are you guys doing? We are fabulous. How's LA? How's the weather? Sure is hot. Hot. It's nice over here too, actually. Yeah, this bitch up yeah. in here in a razorback well, so tank. <laughs> you guys are silly. I'm what happy you- because my mom, Mercedes Monroe. Well, actually, sorry, I gotta pronounce that right correctly now. My mom, F.F. Empress Mercedes Monroe, actually um, called me today. Well, messaged me today, and she basically um, gave me my title of the court. So now I'm part of her royal court. So okay, royal that's title. Amazing. What, yeah, what's the title? I'm feeling all jealous now. <laughs> <laughs> Amelia Monroe, the Marchioness of Les Bonnes Bizarres Monroe. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. yes. That's sick. Hey. Come on through. Come on. Royal I'm looking for my title, Mercedes, the court jester, or whatever. Wait a minute, what? Hook a bitch up. I said, I'm waiting for my title. I can't hear her. You can't hear me? Oh, you need me to speak in the mic, girl. Hello? Can you hear me now? (laughs) (laughs) She just speaking like it's just like speakerphone central over here. I'm like talking to live Facebook. Thank you. Happy birthday to me. Um, So, are you excited for this Sunday? I'm very excited. I'm I'm ecstatic, actually, um, because I know you. And I know how your shows and it we turn up. So Oh, I'm gonna like, be all the way turned up. And you know, everyone's doing a number of mine, so except for Natalie yeah, Ray, doing, um, the lamest fucking girl. white bitch in my family. I ain't doing a number of yours. Are you oh no, well no, you're lame too, girl. bitch. I chose my son. Whatever. Anyway, well, you have like five Anyways, my close friends from. are doing numbers <laughs> of mine and uh, <laughs> Ooh, that took a second. <laughs> Um, but no, it's gonna be it's gonna be really amazing. It's gonna be a, much, a lot of fun, and I'm happy to be a part of your birthday show. And um, 
I'm really excited, you know, I'm real talk, and I'm bringing people with me to come and see you because everybody who loves you that's going to come and see you. I'm so excited for that. Yeah. Um, you guys know Grayson's aunt is here from Texas, and she's coming to the show with oh, six yeah. of her friends on oh, Sunday. Oh, my Damn. Grayson was like, I think you, these are the numbers that you need to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a gag? I can't wait. I'm super excited. I'm super, super, super excited. excited. Yes, it's Perfect. gonna be a shit show of a time. Yeah. You get back Saturday. So what's the top? Huh? You get back Saturday. Yeah, so I'm actually flying back in on Saturday morning, and I have to show at Divas Saturday night, and then yeah. Oh yeah, Divas. Is that uh, Alexis's birthday show, or is that last Saturday? Oh my god. <laughs> That was last Saturday because oh, we, so we sorry, interviewed like her last Wednesday, yes, girl. I'm so sorry. <laughs> hey, Jamila. You a hoe, too. Um, so we were actually here talking. We were just talking about um, this movie that Armando Uclez is... Um, you could just say Armando, too. That's okay, cool. Okay, thank you. <laughs> just Armando. You never the know. pressure, bitch. <laughs> well, they be like, who's Armando? Yeah. <laughs> Armando is doing a video, a murder mystery love story about a trans girl and a cisgender male. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. So what do you think about <laughs> so that? So basically what this, okay, so it's a murder mystery of a trans woman you say and yeah. a cis girl and yes. a cis gender male love story a male a guy that sounds um quite interesting actually um can you i want to know about that actually oh you really have to watch the video <laughs> there, <laughs> there will be a teaser video coming out soon amelia but it's just yeah it's a murder mystery love story um a murder mystery love story of yeah. a trans woman and a cis woman and a cis, cis male okay. a guy a straight guy Straight guy, gang, I don't know what he calls himself, but he's cisgender. He's a straight. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he's um, straight. Straight, guy. okay, straight guy. And they're interracial, too. He's black and she's white. And she's also... Um, oh, cute. Well, she's, she, she is, like, as much as a white woman as I am, Girl. but she's a black trans. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know, oh I hate Oh, my God, this, like, that is amazing. Like, you know what's so funny that you speak of trans? Like, I'm actually happy that, because, you know, trans... Um, the trans community has actually been pushed under the rug and they don't get much light. You know, they're underrated actually for the LGBT community. And I'm actually happy and proud to see that the trans women are actually of color, per se, that are in the spotlight, they're on TV, like Laverne Cox, um, yeah. Janet Fox, Bright Books. Like these people are really doing amazing work for the community. And that's why I'm like actually me pushing forward to do my modeling and do things. Yes, I want to be a model because um, that's something I've always dreamed of doing, but my goal is now, right now, is to actually help the LGBT community. Actually, main focus is the trans youth because some people like they get into the spotlight and they're trans women. They actually don't actually help or um, what should I say? They don't actually they get into the spotlight. The trans women who get into the spotlight, they don't actually pretty much help the trans community per se. They basically just say, "Oh, I'm trans." They use a um, trans as a way to get you know their status or whatever. But me, yes, I'm a, I'm full you know, woman now, but I still want to take my status and help the trans youth because that's where the people need, like, get the kids off the streets, you know, um, help the trans that kids that don't have families or their families have shunned them away because of the bitch trans, so they can't be who they want to be, and, you know, because it's just ridiculous, like, I really am happy to hear that he, Amando, is actually doing it because it's amazing, like, like it should be more things done in the trans community. I mean, the LGBT community, like it should be more things done. Period. I do agree. It should be more things done. That's great. Thanks. Oh, that was a lot. 
I was like, and she who was on the air, <laughs> on the air with Amelia Miro. <laughs> but no, real talk. It really needs me more than, and I really hope that I'm. Um, how who don't see you, Camille, and Suika for this rich radio show? And I'm happy. I'm really blessed to have been part of this show because it's basically. I mean, it's reaching out to a lot of um, people. Like a lot of people like listening, not just the LGBT community. Like I definitely think that listening. now that we're doing Facebook Live videos, it's become more of a like. I'm more of a known thing because I mean I get a lot of people all the time like oh my god what are you doing on Wednesdays like I always see that video with the microphone in your mouth yeah or just like yeah. you do the radio show on Wednesday now girl yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Cool. yeah. you should like it's amazing it. kudos thank you thank you guys for well, yeah. enough of our airtime for you thank you we love <laughs> you <laughs> thank you Amelia we'll I can't wait to see you this weekend we'll see you soon girl <laughs> A mess. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are <laughs> extremely rude. <laughs> we love you. Bye, girl. I can't wait to see you on Saturday. Bye. Love you. Bye. Yes. Bye. Well, that was a fail. <laughs> <laughs> Hella hung up the phone, but it didn't hang up. Yet. Oh, I miss you too, Grayson. Uh, Camille's over here getting like lovey-dovey text messages from her husband, and I'm just like, Ugh. those are so oh. jaded. You're gonna find you a gorgeous Filipino <laughs> that's gonna make your life change, and he's gonna be texting you. I mean, we'll wait, hope, and see. I mean, doesn't have he doesn't have to be Filipino. He could be Latino. She is such a liar. She he could be boys. Filipino. <laughs> He could be Asian. Right. <laughs> he could be Latino. <laughs> Hispaniola. No. Right. Oh, James says he volunteers. Oh, girl. Girl, you volunteer for everything. No, you're in Modesto. Ain't nobody fucking you. <laughs> <laughs> that asshole is broken, honey. Oh. <laughs> Poor Jamila. <laughs> you investigating her hole lately? I don't know, ma'am. Girl, I was like fucking throwing a fucking hot dog down a hallway, bitch. Ain't no <laughs> oh, girl, no. None of that, please. <laughs> okay, anyways, let's talk about drag. Drag, 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 drag. What's going on this weekend with you? Besides, wait, first of all, this has to be like all about you right now because this is your birthday week and you're having your birthday show this know, Sunday. How old are you turning? I'm turning 23. Oh my God. You're no, younger I'm, than me, bitch. No. <laughs> I'm going to be 33. 33, the big 3-3. At midnight, girl. Whoever knew I would be that old. And still doing <laughs> and, and still doing drag. Oh, girl. And still living like a fucking 19-year-old. Okay. <laughs> She's very, like, um, you know, lighthearted and friendly and happy. Go lucky. It's true. It's true. It's true. But um, this Sunday is my birthday show at Balançois. Um, we it's have 2565 Mission Street, Balançois. Yes. We have a fucking amazing lineup. It's you. It's me. It's Sayani, Beyonce, Natalie, Jacques, and Amelia, and Ms. Palou. And Ms. Palou. Yes. She just joined over here too. Actually, she's supposed to. I'm supposed to actually come make her something too soon. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. But don't let it get in the way of my selling. <laughs> um, are you doing anything this? This. Are you doing Mariah night or no? Oh, what are you doing, Mariah, for? I'm doing Mariah for your show. Oh, okay. But we're doing a skit, girl, so it's not just... I'm not I'm not just going to be up there, like, you know... Doing the most? <laughs> it's your show. We all got to do the most. Like, <laughs> no, Saturday, I'm actually going to be doing Lips and Lashes over with Carney at Lookout, um, and I'm doing that with um, Mona Diet. 
um, who I believe is from Salt Lake City, Mona Diet. Ooh, I'm on Azaya. And Aju's going to be in the show as well, too. Oh, wow. I like Haven't been in a show with her in a minute. And then Sunday, we have the Brent show for Camille's birthday. Woo, woo, Just for Camille. Just for Camille. That sound is going to play a lot. You need to send that sound to Tweeka so she can play that on my I phone. should. I'm going to clip it and loop it and everything just for you, Tweeka. Um, not to play it on a three minute loop. <laughs> Thank you for being a. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, so what other shows do you know about going on this weekend? I know I'm going to, it's not a show, but I'm also going to Swagger on Friday, which is going to be a sickening. But Swagger time. is always sickening, I hear. Is that El Rio this time? No, it's at mm-hmm. Oasis when it's on Fridays. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's cool, that's cool. Well, they said they were going to rope off an area, which is cute. Oh, for you? Yeah. Oh, roped off area? I don't really area? have to buy drinks. I could just walk around with, like, a beer, because you know I live next door. Wait, so do you get, like, an allotted number of people, or do we have to be pushing our way through the damn velvet rope, or what's going on here? What do you mean? Like, in the area? Like, can we come and join you, or what's going yeah, on? Yeah, of course. Anybody that wants to come and join me that knows me can come. Friday, swagger like us, at Oasis, girl, it's come celebrate. It's 11. It's $12 after 11. If you need that extra $2, just hit you can hit me up. I'll have it. She'll be too I'll drunk. Have one She'll on be the too table drunk ready. to know. <laughs> oh god. Oh yeah. So Davina had a question for Oh yes, go ahead. Uh, I guess all of us in the studio. Um what is the um What is your what is the biggest thing you've done? Oh god, let me see. Rewind. Okay. What is the most exciting thing you've done in my career and so far and what am I grateful for? Um, I'm just grateful to be so happy and everything is just kind of going right friendships wise and like love wise, money wise, like I'm not like starving. Everything is really good right now. Um, I think the greatest thing that I think I've done in my career and I'm assuming you mean my drag career um, <laughs> yeah. was um, host the Google Pride event in Mountain View. Oh, okay. I think I saw clips of that, or like pictures of you. That was fabulous. It's like the nicest I've ever looked, too. Oh, really? I was like wearing jewels and stuff. Oh, jewels? Where'd you get jewels from? I borrowed them with hat, but I never gave them (laughs) back. I borrowed them, I haven't seen them on stage, girl, so it doesn't count. No, I don't, um, I don't, girl, please. You know I don't wear jewels. (laughs) And if I got time to be wasting money on shit, that's gonna fall apart. Especially on Camille, she'd be dropping to the floor. Um, what am I? I am actually just happy to be performing and and just like being on a stage because I've always wanted to do that since I was a kid. And whether it's whether it was like singing, dancing, acting, whatever it was, like I always. Porn. No, there's no point. <laughs> <laughs> but no, definitely, I'm just grateful to be a part of a community that allows me to share my own like, like artistic side when it comes to music and, and performance and to be also involved in such a you know a close-knit community that everybody likes to have fun and party and perform so I mean thank you to everyone thank you for this radio show thank you to Camille for being a friend to all you people out there who have supported me come out to a show just like Lips and Lashes Brunch on Saturday hey, with <laughs> Carney Asada or come and join us Sunday for um Fem brunch and come and join us for Sunday at Fem brunch. brunch Sunday fun day Fem brunch so we'll see you there how about you guys over here mm-hmm. one of my <laughs> something exciting in my career yeah and what are you grateful I think the most exciting thing in your career is 
um, that for me is that now you work at KQED and I am that much closer to being Leslie Sbrocco's best friend. Yes, girl. <laughs> no, that is definitely like just getting lucky on like the jobs I've gotten out of school and like getting good connections and stuff. So, and I'm just thankful for, I don't know, that's like so open-ended. Like, ev- you know, everything. But I'm I'm glad that I live in San Francisco because yeah, seriously, it's nice to live in a place yeah, where so I feel like here. I can really be myself and like truly yeah, I feel like I've gotten to do a lot of like soul searching living here and mm-hmm. like learned a lot. So, Armando, yeah, wow, how much time do we have? <laughs> how much time do we have? Yeah, um, you know, I mean, I've I've, I've been very I've been very blessed for the past uh, within the past five years. I've been only been I've been making my own movies for the past five years and. Um, but I would say that the thing I'm the most grateful for is finally getting this, um, getting this movie Sacred Hearts uh, off from the off from the page, out of my head, yeah. and finally on mm-hmm. the big screen. Um, I just um, I don't know. I, you know I, I'm just really grateful that I that I have the opportunity to do what I love to do, being an artist, and also. Um, during the week, I work as a, as a relief counselor in the mental health field, and oh, wow. it's, it's, it's it's a really it's a very uh, satisfying job. So, I would say that I have I, this is the happiest and, and I'm the the most proudest of just doing two jobs that I love very very much, and just keep doing the best that I can in in, in both of these. So, yeah. But definitely, Sacred Hearts is—it's—it's. It, it, it's, it, this is something that you know, eleven years in the making. I mean, this is something that I really want to, just making a movie. Period. I mean, yeah. it, that, that's just just is the just writing a script is an accomplishment, and then getting people to read your script—that's an accomplishment. But the fact that we're moving at a pace that I feel is working well mm-hmm. for this, and the best that I could do right now, and I mean, the more movies that I make, the the more experienced and, and better my um, my style will be in mm-hmm. preparation. But with this one, you know, I definitely, I spent all last year, all of 2016, just in pre-production on this, you know, from script, finalizing the script to auditions for actors. And uh, so this one, it's, I'm definitely, uh, definitely just can't wait to, to do this. And uh, we're going to make it happen. So, and I'm doing it right here. Doing it right here. Yeah. Yes. And we will provide a link to, uh, um, to do you have any like links at all to social media yet? No, not yet. For this not yet. But you know, once we get this, once we get this Kickstarter uh, video made, then that would be the first thing. This that, weekend, yeah. look up Armando Plus <laughs> on Facebook. Look him up. There's also a movie called Sacred Hearts Club, and that's not the same thing. It's the next. Again, if you're just joining us, we were <laughs> just talking about our our grateful. What are we well, talking we about? Grateful for <laughs> what are we grateful for? If you want to call in and tell us what your biggest accomplishment in your career was, or you want to tell us what you're grateful for, call in 415-550-0511. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. <laughs> Sun's up. It's a little after 12. Make breakfast for myself. Leave the work for someone else. Just a face They tell me to act my age
on the air with me, myself and I, the fabulous hostess with the most is Miss Camille Toe, and my fabulous co-hostess, Miss Amora T. So what's up in the house? I totally did not have that sound queued up, but we can get it real fast. We can wait for a little bit longer. like my phone text message <laughs> um, I can anyways. send it to you too I'm email you and Tweeka no, the same thing me. I'll put that as my phone text message because you got an Android right you got an iPhone okay cute you know that that's in Beyonce's hold up that'd be a sick name like what? That's the intro of her song. There's like the party horn in Hold Up. Oh, I didn't know. Really? That. Oh, okay. Check it I've out. fallen off a little bit musically. Yeah, it's, it's anyway. All right, guys, we are cutting out a little bit early. It's my birthday, and I really, 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 really want to go and have fun. Not that this isn't a fabulous time, but I just I'm tired of not having alcohol in my system. Um, anyways, last final words or thoughts, Max. Um, I'm just so excited for this week. Like, we have done such an amazing job of, like, every night doing something kind of special for your birthday, <laughs> and I have so much FOMO that I can't be at your show well, on Sunday because yeah. of my gay-ass softball games, but... Lord, let it rain! For the first time Lord, ever... let it rain! For the first time ever, I will tune into the fucking live video <laughs> of your Sunday show. I don't know who's gonna be live in, so. because... Oh, because everyone's in the show. Yeah, all the they're live yeah, yeah, are exactly. be performing. Um, all right, any last thoughts, Armando Uclez? <laughs> Love how you say my name. <laughs> Am I saying uh, You know, it's it's all good. <laughs> yeah, how do you say it? Okay, well, for the Spanish way, it's Uclez. Uclez. Yeah, but for the non-Spanish... The Westerners? With the Westerners, we, we say Euclid. Euclid. Oh, Euclid. I like... Oh, so I'm just like mixing the two. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. um, I'm not going to try it again. <laughs> last thoughts. Last thoughts. Um, first of all, I want to say thank you guys for letting me come on the show. This is the first real big step for me in getting my, my project out there. And I uh, just want to give a shout out to my cast and my crew. Uh, I look forward to working with you guys. <laughs> and especially Ameru Davis playing Gus and Claire Farrelly playing Rose. Uh, when I saw the two, when we had our table read, uh, when I saw the two of them together, I had to, I actually kind of had to step out of the room a little bit because it was just, it was, you know, these, these characters finally are in, in the flesh. It was just, it was really great. So I'm just looking forward to, there's still a lot more work ahead of me uh, for this project, but I feel like I'm at a really great spot and I thank you guys again for letting me come on your show. Thank you and for coming. Yeah, yes, yeah. of course. And I look forward to, um, you know, for future, um, Updates on the project. I'd be happy to come back and. Oh yeah, of yeah, course. Exactly. After like the Kickstarter, even yeah, next absolutely. week, come back. Yeah. Of course, we'll we'll see you, girl. Where, where all the videos at? Where all yeah. the videos at? Where all the views at? All right, so. guys, don't forget to check him out. Um, but probably in a week or so, you can find a Sacred Hearts uh, video, a teaser. Check it out. It's gonna be a fabulous mm. movie. Uh, Mr. Moore, do you have any last thoughts? Last thoughts. Um, I just want to say happy birthday to you, Aww. Camille. Thank you for being such a nice friend and stuff, and for being a ratchet influence, and for keeping me out all nights of the all hours of the night. Unfortunately, so if you order On anything the for me and I don't get it done, it's usually Camille's fault. <laughs> <laughs> But no, don't forget to catch me this Saturday at Lips and Lashes Brunch with Carne Asada at the Lookout in Castro, and then for Femme Brunch on Sunday at Balançois for Camille's birthday bash. Birthday. Yes. Thank Rocky, you guys baby. all for being here and watching and tuning in and calling in and enjoying us talk shit and get all the dishes and make all the side eyes that we could possibly make at you guys. Always remember to <laughs> 
Org. We'll have the horn. Always remember what I say. Love, peace, and chicken grease. We'll see you guys next Brought week. your hands up in the air. Brought your hands. And then we'll be back with some more stories. Some positive and some... Mm, we'll, 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 we'll find ways to, to make it positive. Yeah, my name is John Neffel, and I am an independent journalist based in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I'm the the co-host of a daily podcast called Radio Dispatch, and I've got a new story in the Village Voice. Awesome. So uh, for folks who haven't read the the story yet, um, perhaps we can uh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, So it's a a feature-length profile of two leftist activists uh, from New York, and uh, I followed them for several months as they prepared to smuggle themselves into northern Syria to join a Kurdish militia that's known as the YPG, which stands for the People's Protection Unit. Very cool. Wow. So how did you um, first get involved with them? Yeah, it's, it's funny. Uh, the story really begins back in late 2011. Uh, I was covering an action um, put on by Occupy Wall Street yes. uh, in December of uh, 2011, and uh, I was arrested um even though I was a journalist, not an activist, I was arrested uh, with 16 other people. And one of them was uh, a young uh, young activist named Guy Stewart. Um, and he and I ended up spending uh, 37 hours in jail together uh, as a result of the arrest. So, you know, we had a lot of time to talk. Yeah. And uh, we basically stayed in touch uh, over the years since then. And um, in January, a Facebook message and said, I'm doing something. So uh, basically from then on, he and I were in almost constant contact. Awesome. Very cool. Um, Great. So... Yeah, so I guess we can uh, talk more. I mean, we can maybe go back a little bit to Occupy. I remember because I left New York uh, in 2011 in the summertime, shortly before that happened. I remember following it, and I was in St. Louis in the fall. So I was uh, remember when that was happening there, and I do remember following online and seeing even the, the photo of you with holding your glasses. Yeah, yeah, that one, uh, that one was uh, shared pretty widely online, and it was it was strange to find myself being the subject of uh, of a what just is objectively a kind of iconic looking photograph. It was a very strange phenomenon. Yes. Yeah, something similar um, here in San Francisco. There's been there was a lot of pressure to have the police chief fired, and thankfully he has resigned. Um, and a, f- a few months ago, folks took to city hall, and of course the police ended up harassing and uh, assaulting quite a few people, um, including journalists. So I think for for some folks who were not quite uh, were a bit surprised that that would happen, but that seems, that seems to been have happening for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, I, I really think that that at the at the local level, at the level of of mayors and police chiefs, um, there's been a, a serious lack of attention 
paid to First Amendment protections for for press, for activists, um, for assembly rights. Um, and yeah, I mean, I really think that that one of the lesser told stories over the last, I don't know, five, six, seven years is uh, is like a real just complete lack of respect for uh, freedom of the press by yes. by mayors and police chiefs really across the country. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, have you um, encountered any more like violence um, in in your fields uh, since the Occupy movement? Uh, well, I was arrested a second time, um, also as a journalist, uh, on the one year anniversary of Occupy. Uh, but since then, there was there was uh, a year where I had an official NYPD. Um, press credential, which I resisted getting for a long time, because I don't think that the police of any city should be the people conferring the status of journalist or not journalist. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, it seems to me a little bit like the um, the fox watching the hen house, as they say. Um, but after the second arrest, I kind of was just like, this is I can't keep doing my job. Uh, I keep getting kidnapped by the state. Yeah. So, so uh, I applied for uh, credentials and then they expired. And honestly, since then, I've, I've been doing less reporting on sort of demonstrations and marches and more um, stuff around uh, Guantanamo and, and refugees and things like that. So I haven't personally seen a lot of that, though I know obviously... And like in, in Ferguson, for instance, yeah. um, a close friend of mine um, got shot by the police with rubber bullets as he was approaching them with his hands up. Um, and he's a, he's a white guy, so you know that they were trigger happy if they were doing that. And he was saying press. Yes. So, yeah. you know, that's just like one one of many, many examples of, uh, of, of recent uh, literal attacks on, on press. Ugh. Ugh. Oh. So, um, so speaking of, uh, I guess Guantanamo, what's happening there, if anything at all? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So I was actually just there um, to get a media tour um, uh, earlier this month, just about a week and a half ago, mm-hmm. and uh, they call it a media tour. In reality, it's about a one-day, um, highly choreographed. Um, you know, very tightly controlled walkthrough of some of the facilities, um, and everyone really stays on their talking points. It's it's a it's a, a, a kind of media tour in name only. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, nonetheless, it was interesting. It was my fifth time there, um, but my first time taking a tour of the, the facilities. And really, I think the big the the big story with Guantanamo is that we can expect. Um, uh, uh, probably two dozen transfers, give or take, in the next month and a half. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and then after that, my strong suspicion is that transfers are going to almost totally flatline. And I think that by the end of Obama's term, there's going to be somewhere between 30 and 40 people who are still going to be held at Guantanamo. Oh. And there's really, um, I think, very little reason to think that they will either be transferred to the U.S. Um, for for continued imprisonment or whether any of those people will be detained. And I think that basically um, Obama is going to pass on a very, very small uh, population of detainees to mm. the next administration. Oh, 
I, I mean, I'm not surprised. It just still feels disheartening to, to hear that. Um, it's also yeah. good just to get some information from like from from the inside or from as close as possible. Yeah, well, one of the things that was, that was really um, troubling about, about the media visit is that um, various officials, basically the top commander uh, on, the, on the base and then the, the person who's below him, who's essentially the prison warden, um, both said that for right now there's, this is according to them, so take it with a grain of salt, but yeah. they said that there's a great amount of... Um, optimism amongst the population of detainees or prisoners if you like um, yeah. because there have been so many uh, relatively speaking a lot of transfers lately and so um, I think that there is at least according to them there's there's optimism that people you know think they're going to get out many of them have been held for 12, 13, 14 years at this point um, without charge and where the troubling part comes in is what I was saying before, is that even when you talk to commanders and, and um, the, you know, the warden on, on the base, they say that, that once those transfers happen and then everything starts to slow down, you're going to very understandably get a population there that is very, very angry yeah. and in- increasingly desperate and increasingly hopeless, especially given the fact that um, obviously Donald Trump is not saying he wants to close Guantanamo quite the opposite. <sighs> and Hillary Clinton is, has been very, very quiet on the topic. Of course. Um, to be honest, I would not at all be surprised if she becomes president. I could see her at some point, given... You know, given some sort of national emergency, I could see her increasing the population. There. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think that there's going to be a lot of of real uh, despair among people who are there if and when they're there by the time Obama leaves office. Ugh. Oh, that. Ugh. That's. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, that's my reaction to a lot of things. Uh, so yeah. it's just... that's, that's the reaction I get when I talk to a lot of people about a lot of my stories. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think like hopeless definitely is something that comes up when one thinks about a lot of different things that have been happening in the country and in the world for a long time. And I feel like there's a lot of folks who do want to help and do recognize that the system is messed up and things are really backwards, and then it's very easy to feel powerless, um, which is, I think, part of the reason like journalism is so important and so necessary is to at least let folks understand what's happening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think that's right. I think that that um, getting information out there is necessary uh, for social good, even if it's not in itself sufficient. You know, I I sort of think of uh, journalists. Uh, at least the kind of journalists that I that I uh, like and aspire to be. I think of them as part of a kind of complex ecosystem where you have journalists and you have lawyers and you have human rights investigators and you have activists and you have just a sort of uh, people who are all basically working towards greater levels of human rights and human dignity but all doing it in kind of separate but related ways yeah um, and, and I think that, that journalism is you know at its best at least is one key part of that yeah absolutely and it's I mean one one highlight I guess of the internet age is that folks feel like they're able to at least 
um, put out their their words. Like for instance, on social media, like with the elections being rigged and folks reporting that their votes haven't been counted, uh, something even even like that. People feeling like they have a voice and they are able to share what's happening with them, where as you know, opposed to like decades ago, that might not have been the case. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, for as for as toxic as the internet can be in so many instances, there's, yes. there's also, you know, there's there are the occasional moments, um, sometimes more than occasional moments, where there really is, uh, you, you know, you can tell that the, the publishing paradigm has shifted such that that you know traditional gatekeepers. Uh, to to media platforms don't play exactly the same outsized role that they used to. Uh, obviously, who gets to go on TV is still very, very important and very closed off to the vast majority of, of people. Yeah. Um, but at the very least, you know, you have platforms where people can put out uh, information and, and at least get it out to the world in a way that, you know, even like 10 years ago would have been very, very difficult. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's a good thing for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so maybe we can uh, just talk more about the so the story that you'd written for the for the Village Voice. Um, so for folks who are heading, uh, getting back that way. So like for folks who are heading to Syria in order to help fight uh, for the people. Um, yeah. Well- so, so what's really interesting about about the two the two people that I profiled um, is is that uh, they they are entering probably the most complicated conflict in the world right now, and to understand what they're doing, it's it's probably worth just. Um, I'll try to lay out some of the the regional some of the the regional um, political dynamics, cool. just so people have a, a sort of sense of who the who the actors here are in this, because it's it's very difficult to keep all of it straight. So basically, the 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 group that these two are going to support, um, sort of roughly speaking, is called the YPG, as I said, and it's a, a Kurdish militia that uh, arose in. Um, really came to prominence in, in 2012, 2011, 2012, uh, out of the chaos of the civil war in Syria. And the Kurds are, for people who aren't familiar, are at least, they refer to themselves as the largest um, ethnicity on the planet without a state. Mm. So you basically have about 30 million Kurds, wow. roughly, the estimates aren't exactly correct, or aren't exactly precise, but roughly 30 mm. million Kurds spread out over four countries. Um, you have Syria, Iraq, uh, Iran, and then the majority uh, of whom who are in Turkey, especially Southeast Turkey. And so as the, uh, as the Arab Spring uh, or Arab revolutions sweep the, the region from, from Tunisia to Egypt and, um, and uh, young activists, especially in, in Syria, are inspired and take to the streets to protest against the government uh, that's run by uh, the dictator Bashar al-Assad. Uh, the, the revolution there um, quickly uh, descends into chaos as Assad you know, opens fire on his own people. And essentially what begins to happen is that out of the chaos that ensues as the revolution becomes militarized, um, Kurds in the north are able to establish an autonomous zone for themselves, which they have long 
been denied by the Syrian regime. Mm-hmm. And so as, as the regime focuses more on anti-government rebels, it sort of uh, takes a lot of its troops away from the Kurds in the north and basically just says, okay, the, the, the Kurds can have this area in the north. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to focus on, on uh, uh, the enemies who are trying to oust us. And so okay. this, area, this area in the north is called Rojava, which is the Kurdish word for west. So this is West Kurdistan. Um, if you think of the those four countries that I named before, this is this is a sort of Western version of where a hypothetical Kurdish state would be. Okay. So the the revolution in Rojava is very much um, built on a foundation of uh, anarchist thinking. Ah. Um, the, the ideological head, essentially, of the political party there um, has been in prison um, since 1999, but his political theories, the guy's name is uh, Abdullah Oshalan, his political theories are um, based very heavily on a theorist named Murray Bookchin, and essentially what it says is that um, it's, it's anti-capitalist, it's very um, pro-feminist, and uh, it's based on a kind of uh, post-state um, idea of, of local organizing, uh, and that, that uh, it's, it's, it's about keeping power localized yeah. in neighborhoods and not centralized yeah. in, a, in a state. Awesome. And so it's it's you can tell why it, why this revolution would be a, a sort of natural ideological um, fit for anarchists the world over, including in America. Yeah. Now, what's, it, what's interesting is that there have already been roughly between 100 and 150 Americans who have joined, who have gone to either Syria or Iraq to. Um, to fight against ISIS and to join the Kurds. What's interesting about um, every American who has gone so far, at least every reported American who has gone so far, mm-hmm. is that they're much more likely to be conservative. They're much more likely to be um, military veterans. Uh, they're much more likely to be motivated by Christianity. Mm-hmm. And so you have this group of primarily ex-military um, conservatives who go over and join this anarchist militia, huh. and and they get there. These Americans get there, and they're completely surprised. They have yeah. no idea what they're doing. They, you know, there's a quote where one of them um, says, "The YPG are a bunch of commies," and he says it's in a very disparaging way. Uh-huh. Right? So, so you have this kind of um, strange situation where Americans. Um, want to get back to the battle, so to speak. Uh, they want to fight ISIS, but the available options to them, in Syria at least, is this left-wing feminist group. <laughs> um, and it largely doesn't fit with, with most of the Americans' political ideology there. What's different about about the two um, uh, young young activists that I talked to, Guy and the other one, his name is Christo, mm-hmm. is that the ideology was the draw for them. Yes. You know, they they specifically wanted to go to help their anarchist comrades. Yeah. And that really sets them apart from the other Americans. Now, there have been a small number of uh, European anarchists who have gone. 
Um, but large, large it, for really for the most part, the numbers have remained fairly low in terms of of leftists going to uh, to join up. Mm-hmm. And it's also important to note that that uh, Guy and Christo, um both did not plan on actually becoming soldiers. Mm-hmm. So they were both um, going to going there to create pro-Kurdish media, what they sort of refer oh. to in a, t- in a tongue-in-cheek way as propaganda. I see. So, so they were interested in like documenting daily life, showing the struggles, mm-hmm. the revolution, the successes of the revolution. Neither of them were going there to quote-unquote fight ISIS. Got it. I think also separates them from the other Americans who were very explicitly going there to... Um, you know, to to try to shoot ISIS militants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it'll be interesting. I'm very curious to to hear and to see what it's like for those for the folks who went in with just that kind of strict military ideology um, to see if they end up maybe accepting or seeing the the bright side um, of the leftist ideology. Yeah, it's it's a really really interesting question, um, and I think that one of the things that Westerners um, have to do when they when they cross the border from you, basically the border from Turkey is closed now, so everyone who's crossing over is crossing from Iraq to Syria. But when they cross over, they have to spend the first um, at least two weeks what the Kurds refer to as uh, ideological training. So you learn essentially the the basics of the system of beliefs that that they call democratic confederalism. And it's, it's, again, it's very feminist, it's very communalist. Um, uh, it's, It's private property is very limited. You know, meals are done together, living is done together. Um, and so I'm not exactly sure how many sort of like ideological converts there have been. Yeah. Um, but it's a really interesting question uh, as, as far as like uh, whether, whether people who have gone there have sort of, um, you know, maybe came from a more conservative capitalist mindset and that were, uh, were, were won over once they, uh, you know, were sort of in, in the revolution. I'm not sure what the answer is to that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be very, I'd be very curious. And I'd also just wonder how other folks could help contribute, like certainly not necessarily in a military sense, but like as you're mentioning, Guy and Hristo were more on the media side, how other folks could also join to um, help the cause. Yeah, I mean, one of the things certainly that, that I think um, you hear from, from groups that are um, sort of like outward facing, uh, especially to the West, is that uh, after this many years of war and, and previous decades, really of basically abandonment from the, the Assad regime, uh, a lot of the area, um, you know, still needs to have infrastructure built up. Um, there are areas where uh, industry is, is, you know, um, could be built up. Uh, obviously, you need doctors and engineers and all things like, all sorts of things like that in a, in a revolution. But I think even more so than anything else, at least the people that I spoke to wanted wanted information to, to get out as much as anything else. And they, you know, Kurds, Kurds have been... Um, have been oppressed uh, and and um, and rendered stateless for at least since the since the first world war. Mm. Um, and I think that in a large part, what they're fighting for is visibility and autonomy. And you know, it's not 
it's not entirely clear what what Westerners can sort of do to, to promote that exactly, but I think that part of it at least is is raising um, raising the profile of the project that they uh, that they are engaged in. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm really curious to, to see what happens. Yeah, well, and so um, you know, to give the sort of uh, to give a spoiler for the for the story. Yeah. Um, essentially, one of the uh, one of the two that I uh, profile, um, like they both they both travel to northern Iraq um, to Iraqi Kurdistan, uh, a city called Sulaymania, and. Um, there they they uh, get in touch with their contact who's in Syria, but um, they are uh, unable to cross the border for weeks, and so they stay at this hotel with other Westerners who are trying to cross over, and then they are taken to the safe house temporarily, and uh, their visa is starting to run out, and one of the things that's really important to understand about both of these two is that although they are um, both very ideologically motivated, they're also motivated by more practical concerns, namely that Guy uh, has wanted to be a conflict photojournalist for his entire life, Mm -hmm. and that Christo wants to build his resume um, to make it more uh, attractive to graduate schools. And so while they're in Sulaymania in northern Iraq, um, Christo gets uh, the worst fever of his life that puts him down for five days. And then shortly after that, as he's uh, regaining his health, he learns from his parents that he's been accepted into grad school. Ah. And so, so this happens as their visa is running out. And uh, and as four Westerners who try to cross over get arrested uh, at the border, and so from so Christo is thinking to himself, you know, if I defer my acceptance, there's no guarantee that I'll ever make it to Rojava. I could lose my spot in grad school. This makes no sense. So he returns home, and uh, he feels very uh, conflicted about it, very dispirited. You know, he's been planning this for a year, and he feels like it's a, a year of planning down the drain. And a couple of days later, right before the visa comes up, a uh, guy is able to cross over, and he goes through training, and um, I've spoken to him a couple times uh, in the last few days, and he is still... Um, happy that he's there. Uh, he's, uh, you know, engaged. He's just about to launch the photo blog, um, which is called Scenes from Rojava. And, um, you know, I think that it's, it's certainly not a walk in the park, but I think that he is, uh, he's still happy that he, uh, that he went and he'll probably be there for, for several more months at least. Wow. That's great. That's really, wow. Huh. So, um, so yeah, hopefully we can uh, still keep in touch and hear about their what's, what's happening over there. And I'm curious as to, as they do work on the media, um, the information that will be made available to us. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see how uh, his time there changes Guy in terms of uh, his outlook, um, you know, his experience there. Uh, obviously, he right now is not uh, involved in any uh, direct combat. He's not. He's he's not really at any 
at least for now, um, threat of bodily harm. Yeah. Uh, you know, hopefully that remains the case, obviously, for as long as he's there. But um, it, it remains in a, a conflict zone, obviously. It's a, it's a civil war that's displaced 12 million people, yeah. uh, 8 million internally and 4 million who have fled the country. And so, um, you know, over the course of his time there, I think it's going to be really interesting to see uh, to the effect that it has on him politically and personally. And that's something that I'm definitely going to going to follow up on and I'd love to uh, come back on and talk more about. Yeah, please do. I think it's also just really inspiring. Like when I saw the the article, I was just like, oh, like first of all, the words anarcho-communist, like that's always nice to see. Um, (laughs) And then also just because I I know there's so many people who have a similar ideology. And then especially here in the States, when there's been the suppression that's happened for so long um, to see folks enacting it and to, to collaborate, there's that. I guess that hope, which maybe I'm, I'm a cynic, but I'm also really hopeful and optimistic yeah. and naive in some ways, um, yeah. where I'd be like, wow, how about that happening here? And granted, like the, the United States has a whole other, we have a whole other history, a whole other things. I can't even really describe it you know, succinctly, but to, ha- to have that kind of happen here would be incredible. Yeah, well, and I think well, at least to, to me, what was what was really interesting about this, especially from a from a journalist uh, point of view, is that um, there are the, the left in the United States, uh, and and if you sort of broaden out, you know, vaguely liberals more more generally, I think that um, that we can often get uh, stuck in a lot of tired conversations. Oh yeah. Feel, like we've been having them for decades, even before any of us were born. Yep. And and what's what's interesting to me about this story is that it's a way of talking about uh, about enacting leftist ideas uh, in a way that is that is completely different than a lot of the standard discussions that we have here. And I'm I'm certainly not endorsing. Uh, that anyone else do what Guy and Christo did, um, certainly not without weighing the cons of it very, very uh, carefully. Sure. Because although what they did is is not illegal under U.S. law, you know, uh, what I write in the story is that a creative prosecutor could probably find a charge if they wanted to. Ugh. So I, I, I certainly wouldn't, um, and, and I'm not endorsing, you know, the fact, like, the idea that people... Uh, follow in the footsteps of these two but um, I felt very lucky that I was able to shadow them yeah. while they were getting ready to do this because it was a way to talk about these ideas in a way that went beyond the sort of you know like is property destruction violence which is an important conversation but one that I just feel like exhausted by most of the time yes yeah I hear that I feel there's so much uh, infighting within communities that it's like if we're gonna fight amongst ourselves how are we supposed to come together like if we can't even all you know find consensus yeah yeah absolutely cool all right well um yeah if there's anything else you'd like to add please feel free uh, I guess just if, uh, if anyone wants uh, to hear any more about this, um, we spent uh, a recent uh, show talking about it on my podcast, uh, which is called Radio Dispatch, and um, we talk regularly about uh, about my Guantanamo reporting and also about Molly's reporting. My sister and co-host, yeah. uh, Molly uh, often writes on 
uh, education policy and um, and feminism and uh, all sorts of things that, uh, that your listeners, I think, would be interested in. And, uh, you know, if people want more information, they should come uh, come jump over uh, and take a listen to Radio Dispatch every once in a while. Excellent. Cool. We'll, we'll um, post links uh, on, the, on our weekly review page. Awesome. Sweet. Well, thank you so much for calling in. It's also really good to hear your voice. It's been a while. Yeah, you too. I know. It's been way too long. Sweet. Well, um, take care and keep up the good work and hope to chat with you soon and give, give Molly my regards. I will. You keep up the good work, too. Oh, thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye. The 2016 primary season is exposing a crisis of democracy in America, the prevalence of voter suppression from voters forced to stand in line for five hours in Arizona to over 100,000 voters purged from the rolls in New York is inexcusable. Meanwhile, in North Carolina, a federal judge has upheld new voting restrictions, including a voter ID law that will disproportionately block poor and minority voters from the polls. It's no secret that reducing voter turnout benefits the political establishment. It's time to bring real democracy to America by eliminating unfair barriers to voting and ensuring every vote counts. Join my call to establish a constitutional right to vote today. It may surprise you that the U.S. Constitution does not explicitly guarantee our right to vote. That's why establishing an explicit constitutional right to vote is critical to overcoming voter suppression. Across the country, we see people who do everything they're supposed to, yet their votes are not counted due to the negligence of election officials. All too often, these disenfranchised voters are disappeared from official election results with no legal recourse. An explicit constitutional right to vote would empower Americans to challenge systemic voter suppression and restore the integrity of our elections. If you're concerned about the wave of voter suppression, add your voice to the call to establish a constitutional right to vote. Voter suppression issues in state after state are symptomatic of an electoral system designed to prop up the establishment political parties. We see the same pattern everywhere that partisan appointees control the electoral process, the establishment gains power, and the voters lose power. It's time to take control of elections away from the parties and put them in the hands of the people through independent citizen boards in charge of everything from voter registration to redistricting. It's also past time to discard the obsolete uh, first-past-the-post voting system and adopt improved voting systems already used successfully around the world. The current voting system has most voters feeling trapped between two parties that are growing more and more out of touch with the American people. With polls showing record unpopularity, <laughs> uh, with polls showing record unpopularity for the Democratic and Republican frontrunners, we're facing the repugnant prospect of a general election where more votes are voting against what they fear than are voting for what they believe in. We can solve the lesser evil dilemma in a heartbeat by anarchy. No, I shouldn't say that. We can solve the lesser evil dilemma in a heartbeat by enacting ranked choice voting, which ensures that if your first choice doesn't win, your vote is automatically reassigned to your second choice, freeing voters to support the candidates they most agree with. And to bring real democracy to the United States, we need proportional representation, which gives you the freedom to vote for the representation you want, knowing that it's what you'll get. 
Countries with proportional representation, which includes most Western democracies, have significantly higher voter turnout because people are more likely to participate in democracy when they know their voice will be represented even when they're in the minority. All of these reforms, proportional representation, ranked choice voting, independent election boards, and more, would move America closer to real democracy and help break the grip of the elite special interests who have hijacked our government. But it all starts with fighting back against voter suppression, and the best way to do that is with an explicit constitutional right to vote. Sign and share my call for a constitutional right to vote today. By standing together in our fundamental right to vote, we can build an unstoppable movement for an America and a world that works for all of us. It's in our hands! Jill Stein. Uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, if you go to, I haven't posted this yet. I'm going to post it right now. Um, you can sign. I signed. Uh, that's one, one way to help. I, I'm definitely skeptical. I'm not going to lie. I'm skeptical of the whole voting thing. Even if, I mean, even the fact that like Jill is on the ballot, the idea that folks on the third party don't have as much uh, say in the media. Even Bernie Sanders, who's like running in, on the Democratic Party. Oh, that's another story we'll get to. So I'm not a member of any of the Bernie groups. A lot of my friends are. I like my Facebook feed for the most part. It's like Bernie, 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 Bernie. So some Hillary, there's definitely some Hillary supporters there. There's some Jill Stein supporters. And then there's like anarchists who are like, fuck the whole system. And I'm like, cool. Um, but there are Bernie Sanders groups that Facebook decided to like, uh, cancel or just like get rid of and apparently it's from the Hillary like pack like hired people to spam these groups with pornography and friends of mine have reported this so this comes like first hand information first hand second hand information but people I know and trust have said that they received like people were spamming these groups with porn and so then people would report them to the Facebook uh, and so Facebook had to take down these groups. And so like hundreds of thousands of organizers and Bernie supporters were then had their, uh, their communication restricted on Facebook. And that's pretty gross. That's really, really gross. Um, so with that being said, I'll, I'll add the Jill Stein thing in a bit when I can multitask. I can multitask, but I feel if I add it right now, I'm not going to be giving the, the show my full attention. So you can also just check out, uh, you can, where can you check it out? Uh, you can go to, what's the official, the official place to find Jill Stein? I would guess Green Party. I guess you type in Jill Stein, um, Jill 2016. Um, yes. Jill2016.com. There we go. Problem solved. Jill2016.com. Uh, Jill signed for president. Uh, a new society. A new economy. Hashtag, it's in our hands. And uh, she also is inviting Sanders to cooperate on political revolution and real democracy, which is pretty badass. A lot of the times, the, the folks are running against each other, and there's a lot of like people are attacking one another. And it's like, if everyone really wanted a better world, it'd be like, let's all learn how to work together and you know share our resources. And instead it's a lot of people just fighting with one another and that's gross and childlike and dumb and very regressive and reductive and ugh, it's like i don't want any of that so i alex ed 
Can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby. Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. This is Tosher Matos with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station that ruling nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Oh. 
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. The second annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is coming March 1st through 5th, 2017 to San Francisco, featuring 25 shows in five days and 50 comedians from across the entire U.S. From Washington and Portland to Los Angeles, New York to Indiana, Tennessee to Pennsylvania, these comics will join San Francisco's best underground comedians for five days of comedy at Mutiny Radio. All shows will be live streaming and available after via podcast at www.mutinyradio.fm. But see them live in our intimate 30-seat performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Mission, March 1st through 5th. Tickets available on our website, www.mutinyradio.fm now. Brought to you by our generous festival sponsors, Alta California Botanicals, Destiny's Mom, what a Tomato Produce Company, the law offices of John P. Strauss III, Asiento, FruFruHot.com, JankyTown.org, Brooke Heineken, Pervert Fervor, and Trina Roderick. Asiento. This locally owned Mission Neighborhood Bar and Restaurant is excited to be a sponsor for the festival. We hope you'll join us any night of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival for happy hour pricing all night long. Just mention that you are an audience member for happy hour pricing March 1st through the 5th at Asiento. Our address is 2730 21st Street at Bryant Street, just a half a block away from Mutiny Radio. Asiento has a warm, friendly neighborhood vibe that's perfect for an after-work drink or for a night out. Featuring a comfortable bar and extensive tapas menu, this is the perfect place for groups that want to get together for drinks and food. Join us at Asiento. Whoa there. What a tomato! Where did you find such a nice tomato? What a tomato? I know, I just said that. Where'd you get that fine heirloom? What a tomato. Look, man, this isn't a come on. Just tell me where you got that beautiful tomato. 
What a tomato. No, no, seriously. I actually want to eat a tomato. I love tomatoes. Where did you get that tomato? What a tomato. Dude, it's a fine, beautiful tomato. I want to eat one too. I want one right now. I like to eat them like an apple with salt. Tell me, where'd you get the tomato? What a tomato.